Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from our nation's capital. This budget thing is going to do nothing. Space Force, I still think it's interesting. President Trump not playing his cards yet. Headlines, policy, and politics colliding. Bloomberg Sound On. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. I would rather see a congressional solution. It's part of my DNA. The Senate map in 2020 looks a lot different than it looked in 2018. You really have a divide within Team Trump. The president has to do exactly what people sent him here to do, which is to get it done. This is Bloomberg Sound On. With Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Stocks climb as investors focus on trade talks, and President Trump, just within the last hour, says that he's going to meet with China's vice premier tomorrow at the White House. Optimism heading in to Friday. Bad day, though, for former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani, Ukraine allies arrested at the airport. With one-way tickets, the latest on what it means for the ongoing impeachment inquiry. All of that, uh, plus a fresh look at the 2020 election campaign. Brad Blakeman returns, Republican strategist, former deputy assistant to President George W. Bush. Isaac Wright with his debut on Bloomberg Sound On, a Democratic strategist, a partner at Forward Solution Strategy Group. But before we get to that, we got to kick things off with the bombshell, bombshell report of two Ukraine, Giuliani's Ukraine allies arrested at the airport with one-way tickets. A Ukraine-born ally of Rudy Giuliani was accused by U.S. prosecutors of skirting campaign contribution limits as part of a scheme to oust the American ambassador to Ukraine. It's an episode now under scrutiny by a congressional committee weighing the impeachment of President Donald Trump. I'm reading from the Bloomberg Terminal by my colleagues Christian Berthelsen and Andrew M. Harris, my two guests here, to navigate through what is the latest twist and turn in the ongoing impeachment saga are Brad Blakeman, Republican strategist, former deputy assistant to President George W. Bush, and Isaac Wright, first time on the program. He's a Democratic strategist, a partner at Forward Solution Strategy Group. Brad, two of Rudy Giuliani's allies now arrested in connection with Ukraine. If you're President Trump and you're inside of the Oval Office and you're negotiating with the Chinese, this has got to be a headache that you didn't see coming. Yeah, I mean, this is this is uh, gets more curiouser and curiouser, um, but we can't get ahead of our skis because we don't know enough about the, the criminal charges. We do know that for some time this was a criminal complaint. It's gone on for a long time in the FEC, 
It rose to a criminal complaint, complaint today when they were arrested uh, at Dulles Airport. So I don't think there's a lot we know about it. We do know the connection with Rudy Giuliani. We do not know yet the connection um, with the Trump campaign itself and who the, who the, what the allegations are uh, behind the complaint. And we will know, I'm sure, in the next couple of days more and more information. So they brought the charges against Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman. And, and as well as two others, but it's this this remarkable twist in the ongoing impeachment saga. They've actually been named in recent days for helping Giuliani uh, and to have urged the Ukraine government to probe the, the Joe Biden and, and Hunter Biden. Isaac Wright, Democratic strategist. It also it would appear to me that this is a way for investigators, federal investigators, to perhaps continue investigating into Giuliani. I would hope so. I mean, we saw yesterday it came out in the news that uh, going back to 2017, President Trump tried to compel Rex Tillerson as secretary of state to help out one of Giuliani's uh, uh, clients, I believe at the time, who was a gold trader from overseas that was under investigation by DOJ. There seems to be a lot more to this story. I think what we need is a thorough and clear investigation. We need transparency from the administration. We haven't been able to get it thus far. In fact, they've argued that they're not going to uh, cooperate with the impeachment hearings. Well, that's what that's such a good point because Parnas and Freeman, I mean, these guys were actually issued subpoenas. These two Giuliani guys were issued subpoenas earlier this week. And, and the House Intelligence Committee, as well as the other committees in the House looking to investigate this, they issued these subpoenas. They called them to testify, to hand over the documents. And John Dowd, remember him? Remember John Dowd? John Dowd's their attorney. So John Dowd tells Congress last week they're not going to cooperate. And then you get even more subpoenas issued. So take a listen, uh, Isaac, to what Senate... Minority leader Chuck Schumer had to say about Rudy Giuliani. Here's Chuck Schumer. Giuliani's been involved up to his neck in this entire mess. He has an obligation to testify under oath so he can be asked questions and so this can come to light. So that's there you have Chuck Schumer. I mean, a New Yorker, too. So, I mean, there is that New York element <laughs> with Rudy Giuliani yeah. and Chuck Schumer. Yeah. And so. But but they're still limited in the scope, and I haven't noticed any reaction coming from Republicans today where there's breakage with President Trump. Yeah, I, I, Look, I, I don't have anything against Chuck Schumer, but when it comes to watching the Senate, the reaction I'm looking for is from McConnell, right? What are the Republican U.S. senators going to say about this? This is what people are waiting to see. And let's be honest, like if you, if you step back and look at the right-wing media ecosystem – uh, drudge seems to be starting to turn on the Trump administration, right? I think you're going to start to see Republican senators looking for that permission from their base to support the investigations uh, of Trump. Sounds like uh, the Democrats are doing the same with Biden. I mean, I, I think that uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Let's get uh, Joe Biden. Let's get Hunter Biden uh, before the rel relevant committees in the Senate. And let's get to the bottom of his shenanigans in the in the Ukraine and China with his son, uh, a, a prodigal son who couldn't rub two nickels together by his own admission, all of a sudden shows up on Air Force Two and gets two plum contracts with countries like the Ukraine and China. So uh, I'd like to hear from the Bidens. Uh, you'd like to hear from Giuliani. 
and uh, I think we're off to the races. It's just, you know, for folks outside of Washington, it's it's just dizzying, the, the constant barrage of subpoenas, investigations. It just never ends. I want to reference that poll, Isaac Wright, Democratic strategist that you referenced. It is the Drudge Report banner right now. Fox shock, colon, 51% want Trump removed. Fox News now, if you head over to Fox News, has a poll out with just over half of voters wanting President Trump impeached and removed from office, according to a Fox News poll released earlier this week on Wednesday. If you crunch down the numbers... 50, a new high of 51% want Trump impeached and removed. 4% just want him impeached but not removed. 40% oppose impeachment altogether. Brad Blakeman, these numbers aren't good. No, they're not good, but I think uh, it's not for odd. Republicans. It's I'm, not I'm odd. Not opining it's, no, on whether for the not country. For the country, it's <laughs> not good. We can uh, agree on that. I think that uh, uh, when you get the stuffing knocked out of you 24-7 by the mainstream media and it's all negative – um, you know, you're going to you're going to have a problem. I think the president's got to come out swinging. I think uh, his surrogates need to go out uh, swinging. I think you're going to hear that tonight at his rally. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that uh, the Democrats are playing with fire. Be careful what you wish for, because if the president were impeached by the House, I have a scenario that's not very pretty for those running for president. Well, there, there you go. All right. Let, let's take a listen to what President Trump said uh, at the White House uh, yesterday on Wednesday when uh, he was he was talking about this whole whistleblower saga. Here's President Trump. I don't want to have spies in the White House. I want to be free to make calls. Free to make calls. Um, here's one Republican senator, Mitt Romney, who's been very critical of President Trump. Uh, and again, to Isaac's point, just he's Romney's been really the only one who's been out there criticizing. Here's Senator Mitt Romney. Why are you the only Republican speaking out against? I, I, I do what I think is right and let the others make their own decisions. Senator- but see, I, Brad, I just feel that if any Republicans, or correct me if I'm wrong, the working notion here inside of the Beltway is that if any other prominent Republicans broke with him on impeachment, they broke him with them on Syria. They broke him with them to some extent on how he's negotiating with the Chinese on trade. But if they break with them on impeachment, if they get behind this this removal from office, that it would just radically blow up the Senate majority map as well as even – the potential minority map in the House. Well, let me put my lawyer hat on. Okay. Uh, as a lawyer, the best evidence is the evidence of the transcript. I think Democrats never thought the president would release the transcript as willingly and as quickly as he did. But the best evidence is the transcript. Both both principals to the call, the president of the United States and the president of Ukraine, agree that the transcript is factually correct. It's not verbatim, but it, it is the gist of the conversation. No quid pro quo. Uh, I don't see anything as a lawyer that would jeopardize the president, uh, either presidents. The fact is a passive uh, listener um, did not make a complaint that we know of. It was a second party hearsay, if you will, in legal terms. Uh, So I don't think the president uh, has jeopardy with regard to that call. Democrats have been looking for a reason to impeach this president from the day he was elected to the day he was sworn in till today. I don't think the Mueller report was a basis for impeachment, nor do I believe the Ukrainian uh, phone call, uh, as is transcribed, is a basis for impeachment. Well, I think the problem there is you're, you're talking about from a strictly legal perspective, and that's not the same thing as what's right and wrong. And what's an impeachable offense? There's no actual constitutional requirement of a quid pro quo for impeachment. What the president did, if this were a loan shark sitting in an office, 
telling a petty criminal or anybody for that matter that they expected a favor before they gave them money, no, that, that would no be considered a problem. There was no quid pro quo. You're wishing, Which is not a requirement you're, you're for impeachment. It, Look, there is no requirement for you. You can impeach him because, you know, he, he, uh, uh, he had the wrong thing for breakfast. I mean, a high crime and misdemeanor – they, the, our founders give us an inkling as to what a high crime and misdemeanor is. All right, coming up, we're going to go ahead and finish that thought. Uh, you know, it's whatever politically Democrats want to make it, and they do it at their peril. I think what, I think what impeachment is going to be about is about the fact the president put our nation's security at risk for his own political no, ends. Nonsense. All right, we're going to leave it there for now, but coming up, we're going to pivot and talk U.S.-China trade policy. President Trump meeting with the Chinese top Top uh, diplomats, including U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin, had that round of meetings today. Panel stays Brad Blakeman, Isaac Wright. Download the Bloomberg Sound on podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Chin up. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg TV and Bloomberg Radio. Almost Friday. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. President Trump slated to uh, visit Minneapolis tonight. CC Ilan Omar. It will be interesting to see what the president, if he says anything about these latest developments to Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani's confidants, two of them. Arrested at Dulles, as if Dulles wasn't bad enough already, and then they get arrested. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. Uh, I'm joined by Brad Blakeman, a Republican strategist, former Deputy Assistant to President George W. Bush, Isaac Wright, Democratic strategist, partner at Forward Solution Strategy Group. Isaac, thanks for coming on. First time on the program. Absolutely. Excited to be here. So I was at the White House earlier today uh, tracking all of the latest developments, not just with impeachment. There's still other things going on in the world besides these the impeachment saga. And they're still in recess, technically. Uh, and China. I mean, you, I know you both have been following this. Uh, the, the China delegation, after all of the situation with Houston Rockets and Hong Kong protests, they finally get here today and they meet with folks, U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer, as well as Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin, And we get this report yesterday from the Financial Times, the good old FT, where they say that China's suggesting they're going to buy more soybeans, 10 million. I can't even quantify. Can you imagine like 10 million tons? I can't even quantify a ton. And then 10 million tons of soybeans. I don't even know we have that. Anyway, (laughs) so they're going to buy more soybeans, which is a good move for agriculture sector here in the United States. Your neck of the woods, Isaac, right? You come from rural America. I have soybeans on my farm right now, as a matter of fact. Okay, and you have 10 million tons? Not quite. I wish. All right, you wish? If so, I might retire. (laughs) Well, the Chinese are buying them now, apparently, according to the Financial Times. Um, And it's a sign of really a, a, an exhale of sorts because the tensions heading into the second half of this week were just so incredibly high. President Trump speaking within the last hour saying that the China talks are going well. I'll read now from the Bloomberg terminal. Stocks gained and treasury yields jumped as investors kept a careful eye on the latest trade developments amidst high-level meetings between American and Chinese officials. All right, Isaac, what are you keeping your eye on Tomorrow, when President Trump meets with Vice Premier Luihua. 
Look, this is going to have a huge impact potentially in the 2020 election. Rural voters were key in what happened in 2016 for Trump. Places like the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, uh, places like Wisconsin, rural Pennsylvania, those were voters who had an outsized impact. And the agricultural industry is huge in rural America, and these policies are having tremendous effect on that. And it's compounded with the fact that if you look at the weather reports right now, there is a chance of a major snowstorm. I think it was in the news today. They were talking about massive uh, cold front coming through Minnesota that we're talking about through the Dakotas, and it could impact as much as 5% of America's soybean crop. Uh, so you're looking at a, at a time when futures hit highs today, and it's extremely intense. This is going to have a huge economic impact that will have a political impact in turn. President Trump has to remind President Xi that he's a dictator, President Xi, and Trump is not. Trump is up for re-election, and uh, the Chinese would like nothing better than to wait out this president. This president can't afford it, and he's got to remind the Chinese that he needs deliverables in his time, not China's time, because China would prefer to drag their feet. You know— he, you know, Isaac, Brad, Brad makes a great point there because the president, she is essentially saying, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint, folks. Uh, he wants to outlast President Trump. But you know this, Isaac. I look at the, the, the crop of characters running for president on the left. I hear terrorists from Elizabeth Warren, more terrorists from Bernie Sanders, some terrorists from Pete Buttigieg, some terrorists from Joe Biden. Uh, U.S. policy, I, obviously, we live in a very polarized time. But if you actually look at in the weeds, and as, as you both do so well, if, if you look in the weeds, there are several top-tier contenders that are essentially saying, look, this isn't Democratic policy or Republican policy. This is U.S. policy. And tariffs, rightfully, right, right or wrong, better or worse, are going to be a tool that any president uses regardless of policy, party. And on intellectual property and forced transfers, there, there's also – some some consensus. But we have mixed up. President Trump and his administration have mixed up in a very dangerous way our agricultural policy with the overall trade policy. And where you see a difference is, is you look at every virtually every top competitor on the Democratic primary, they've all rolled out specific plans for rural America that include not just rural infrastructure, but addressing ag trade policy. Right now, how? the Trump administration- how? Right how, now, how would a Democratic president on ag trade policy differ from what we see now? Because that's a question I get from folks all the time who follow this. One thing I keep hearing talk about is addressing the beef industry and our exports. Right now, the Trump administration, one of the results has been that if you look who's having the best year for beef production right now, Brazil just announced their highest annual ag trade profits as a nation in their nation's history. A major sector of that is Brazilian beef. When our markets are turning, it's not that the Chinese are not eating beef. It's that they're importing it from another place. And that's the American rancher's wealth is being exported by this administration to Brazil. Trade policy always makes me hungry. Coming up, <laughs> we're going to talk more politics and policy and beef. Beef. It's what I, I don't know if I can say it's what's for dinner. Is that like an ad? I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, panel, st <laughs> panel stays. Brad Blakeman, Republican strategist, former deputy assistant to President George W. Bush. I want to ask him if he interacted with Giuliani back when he was America's mayor. Isaac Wright, Democratic strategist, partner at Forward Solution Strategy Group. Download the Bloomberg Sound on podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find me on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television, Bloomberg Radio. It's almost Friday. It is almost Friday, and you're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. 
your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services and claims, The Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. My guests are Brad Blakeman, Republican strategist, former Deputy Assistant to President George W. Bush, and Isaac Wright, Democratic strategist and partner at Forward Solution Strategy. Let's talk 2020, all right? We talked about the latest big development today that two of Rudy Giuliani's allies arrested at Dulles Airport for some questions that the feds want to ask them. Uh, but how is all of this impacting Isaac Webster and your and from your view, the 2020 race? And, and don't tell me that they're all on the same page and they just want to get rid of Trump. Actually break down the top tier candidates, Sanders, Warren, Biden, um, and whoever else you think should be in that group. Well, Look, Biden, there's been no evidence of wrongdoing, but nonetheless, if you repeat a lie often enough, it's still going to do damage. So I think that's one thing he's facing from the administration right now, um, that it's going to take a negative toll there. Uh, Sanders, with his heart attack, I mean, he's the first, at least as far as I can think of, he's the first uh, candidate in history to suffer a major life-threatening illness in the middle of running for president. So I think that we're yet to see how that's going to impact. Warren has taken a slow and steady approach. I was in Iowa uh, doing some voter engagement stuff during the Iowa State Fair and talked to operatives and members of the media uh, on the ground while I was there. And the one thing I observed was everybody has underestimated for a long time until the last couple of weeks the strength of her ground game in Iowa. Warren? I think that's going to be seen. Yes, Warren. I agree. I totally agree. And, Brad, I, I candidly, I think Republicans are underestimating her ability to, to really win over independence. She beat Scott Brown. Well, let me put some sand into the Democratic <laughs> gears, if I might. Uh, I don't think they've really thought this thing through. What do one? What is the common uh, denominator amongst the top-tier Democratic candidates? What do they all have in common? The United States senators. Okay? Let's assume that the House impeaches the president uh, by the holidays, let's say. Uh, the Senate will convene in January, and they're obligated to go through, quote-unquote, a trial, whatever machinations that takes up. But here's the thing. If I'm Mitch McConnell, the one thing I have, I have a calendar, and I'm looking at the calendar for Iowa and New Hampshire and South Carolina, and I'm saying to myself, you know what? None of the U.S. senators on the Democratic side are going to be able to campaign. You know why? Because their presence is going to be required in Washington to sit on a trial of the president's removal. They're not going to be in New Hampshire. They're not going to be 
in, in Iowa. They're not going to be in South Carolina. And, and they, they're going to be taken out of the race. They're going to be taken out of fundraising. And you're going to let Joe Biden run the tables on you? I don't think that's too true for two of the top-tier contenders. Joe Biden is a former U.S. senator, former vice president, but he's not a sitting U.S. senator. True. And Pete Buttigieg, who we have not talked about, but who I would count in the top tier, uh, is not a U.S. senator. And I think it does probably open up uh, an opportunity for Buttigieg, for example, uh, to have a bigger role when he doesn't have to be in the U.S. Senate. Uh, I think he is running as a really strong candidate. I think he's another candidate who gets underestimated yeah, frequently. Well, Warren just surpassed Biden. And, and if she doesn't realize that her campaign is going to come to a screeching halt, as will every other U.S. senator who's running for president, you think she's going to sit back and allow Buddha judge and Biden to run the tables. You know why I think Senator Elizabeth Warren's candidacy is is interesting, and what I just think folks are missing here in Washington is that is that the same way that that Donald Trump remade the image of what it means to be commander in chief and what it means to be president of the United States. Elizabeth Warren is is injecting, and you even saw it. I know people are going to roll their eyes in their cars. But you even saw it in the SNL caricature of her. She is remaking what it would mean and what Americans envision the role of the president of the United States. So I, I think there is another piece here where we're leaving off. Warren's candidacy is very interesting. I think there's a point about Buttigieg that nobody has talked about. And I haven't really seen written in the national media. And if you'll forgive me to indulge for a second, I want to make ahead. a comparison to 1992. If we can rewind the clock. Clinton. Bill Clinton. I was strength. a three-year-old kid in Delco. <laughs> Go into old union. Preschool. Bill Clinton was <laughs> not just this incredibly charismatic governor from Arkansas storming the country. He also represented a generational change from the greatest generation to the boomers. And people were able to get behind that. And he started out way behind in the primaries, if you remember. But people culminated around that generational change of leadership. And what you see with Buttigieg is the potential to change a, a generational change in leadership from the boomers to the millennials. I'm a Gen Xer, and I'm perfectly okay with and my you generation. you don't see that in Beto? You don't see that in Beto or Rourke? I, I think Beto has – I don't see a lot of momentum there. I would not put him in the top tier with Biden, Warren, and Sanders the way I would a Buttigieg. Yeah, I think the, the – <laughs> I think Buttigieg uh, – it's a lot different running a country of 300 and some 20 million people rather than a, a city – uh, that he's been absent from uh, that, South has, Bend. that has 100,000 people. That's 100,000 more and, than Trump had. And uh, uh, Trump was a successful businessman who created jobs all over this country. He was well-known for decades, um, certainly had a, has a – you can't hold uh, Buttigieg the same resume as Donald Trump. And I think one of his strengths is he wasn't a politician, and it continues to be a strength. But I think that um, uh, Warren and Sanders – and Cory Booker and Kamala are not going to take too kindly to having their butts in Washington when they uh, would rather be in Iowa and New Hampshire and South Carolina. Coming up, we talk more 2020 politics plus religion in the scope of the 2020 presidential campaign. The latest panel stays. Brad Blakeman, Isaac Wright, download the Bloomberg Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli 
on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. It is certainly not the campaign's job, nor should the campaign ever. We're never getting in front of Dr. Jane Sanders. We're never going to get in front of his family on matters like this. That was Nina Turner, one of the top, if not the top, chair of Senator Bernie Sanders' presidential campaign, responding to criticism in an interview with ABC News, responding to criticism that Senator Bernie Sanders failed to disclose quick enough his heart attack. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. My guests with me are Brad Blakeman, Republican strategist, former deputy assistant to President George W. Bush, and Isaac Wright, Democratic strategist and partner at Forward Solution Strategy Group. All right, we have had a busy day of news. We're following the U.S.-China trade talks. The president's going to set to meet down with the vice premier tomorrow. We'll have full coverage of that with Jonathan Farrow, Tom Keene, and I'll be at the White House again tomorrow covering on that for Bloomberg Television. We also, of course, now the latest twist in the impeachment saga. Two, two of Rudy Giuliani's guys arrested at Dulles. Dulles. Of all places, Dulles. <laughs> uh, in, in, in this, in this latest, latest impeachment uh, saga inquiry. All right, so lots to get through. But what else is on your radar, Brad Blakeman, as you head into Friday? Well, obviously the continuing saga with Rudy and, and his associates, where that goes, uh, we haven't really heard enough to make an intelligent uh, guesstimate as to uh, has a, a grand jury been impaneled already? Is that the next step? What exactly are the charges? How does that impact already the insanity that we're seeing in this town with the inquisition of Donald Trump? I don't no longer call it an impeachment. <laughs> but the, the other thing uh, that I'm watching is China. Because uh, we very badly need some movement there. So you, just with your with your experience in George W. Bush's administration and, and obviously your work around town now, I mean, you've seen Rudy Giuliani up close and personal. You've, you've chronicled, followed him, obviously, when he was New York City mayor after 9-11. We all remember his actions after 9-11. He was dubbed America's mayor. Who could forget all of those powerful images. I mean, when you look at this from your perspective, Brad, what do you, I mean, this is, I, this is such a broad question, but this is an actual right way to ask it. What do you make of it? I mean, in terms of his cloud and, and how he's navigated his career. Well, you know, Rudy uh, has reinvented himself many times. Uh, America's mayor, mayor of city of New York, taking on uh, unions, cleaning up Times Square, 9-11, now uh, involved with uh, President Trump as his personal attorney. But, you know, some, some people shook their heads at, at Rudy's um, uh, behavior during the Mueller uh, probe. Yet Rudy uh, was, a, was uh, a staunch ally of the president, a protector of the president, as a good attorney does, and got the president through Mueller. And the, now we're hearing the same kind of allegations about Rudy with regard to the Ukraine and others. Uh, Rudy is a Cheshire cat. He's pretty smart. He knows what he's doing. People who are, you know, uh, are shaking their head, I would caution them that, you know, Rudy was right on Mueller and Rudy may be right on how he's... Uh, well, what's his long Ukraine? game? I mean, that that's what I just... Because he, he, he obviously didn't want to be uh, in the administration. Uh, you know, he, he has been able in his role to be able to, to, to as, as the president's personal attorney, to continue to take meetings as an advisor, as a consultant? What's his actual long game? His long game is is to protect his client and, and chalk up another win. 
Rudy's all about winning. But he has other. That that's what I find interesting is that he has other clients. Given because he's not a, a, a political appointee, he's not officially no, in the administration. No. And, you know? he's, and he's and he's had success. He's yeah. wealthy, and Rudy likes Ru, Rudy likes the fight. All right, all right, good. So that that's fat. You know, you're you're you have. We talked about it offline. You have just been such a. Um, a, 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 you've had a front row seat to all of these people, so it's it's fascinating to hear your insights on that. Rudy Giuliani on Brad Blakesman's radar. Isaac, what's on your radar? I think it's the role of what the role faith voters are going to play in the Democratic primary and yes, in the general o- election. Amen. Preach. We always <laughs> talk about the evangelicals on the right. You know, there are Christians on the left, folks. Go ahead. Absolutely, I think you're going to see uh, you're going to see a movement there. It's already being led by people like Reverend Barber in North Carolina. You're seeing it across the country. Uh, and if you look back at history, the progressive movement, the civil rights movement, were framed with explicitly religious language from people like Martin Luther King uh, to Jimmy Carter. And I think you see some of that, in fact, in Buttigieg today. Uh, and I think you're going to see more of that. I think you see a rise of uh, of faith voters in the progressive space, I think you also are going to see a unique situation of what's going on with faith voters in the general election. I think it broke in the news, was it yesterday, about Ralph Reed and this new book coming out to essentially to, to render you know, the, the New Testament verse, render that unto God, which is God, that unto Caesar, which is Caesar, calling on people to calling on people of faith to render a duty to defend Trump. And Ralph Reed is saying that to Christians in America. Not everybody is going to buy <laughs> and the that. Pope, the Pope actually met with uh, Father James Martin. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Father James Martin meeting with the Pope. He's been huge on, on a host of different issues uh, pertaining to, to civil rights. A, a huge meeting, a 30-minute meeting Father Martin had with, uh, with the Pope. Let me, let me follow up on that because, you know, when you look at there, – there's a – it seems like so often on issues, whether it relates to civil rights, equality, uh, the environment, I think, I think we in the media do a really bad job. We only interview – the people in the in the robes, and we don't interview the people in the pews. Well, let, let's remember when we talk about uh, you, you mentioned the environment, uh, civil rights. Uh, let's let's take a look at the environment, right? If you actually look at the references in the Old and New Testament in the Christian Bible, the references to stewardship of the earth, to stewardship of creation, it's mentioned more often as a consistent theme than uh, heaven or love or Jesus. These are huge issues for the faith. It's fascinating. And and that's really your neck of the woods. And and you have a a fascinating perspective on that. I know I'm going to make you cringe, but you know, Pete Buttigieg, he's doing for the left in many ways, what Carly Fiorina did for the right. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of similarities in how they've relayed their messages, whether it relates to the environment, whether it relates uh, to equality and other issues as well. Obviously, don't pull off the side of the road, folks. They're clearly on different sides of the aisle. I'm just making a parallel. What's on my radar? Tim Cook. Tim Cook, Apple Inc. Chief Chief Executive Officer, CEO, Tim Cook, we all know who he is, defended the company's decision to remove a mapping app in Hong Kong. He said on Thursday that the company received, quote, credible information from authorities indicating the software was being used maliciously to attack police. Apple pulled HKMap.Live from its app store on Wednesday after flip-flopping between rejecting it and approving it earlier this month. It's just the latest the latest ongoing twist in terms of how corp- around the world, companies, whether it's Apple, whether it's the National Basketball Association, fashion, there was some fashion headlines with regards to 
referencing Hong Kong and, and, and virtually, uh, really, it's what happens. It's such an illustration of what happens when there are protests in Hong Kong and the world's two largest economies are going head to head. It is virtually a uh, culture war on the global scale. My thanks to Brad Blakeman. My thanks to Isaac Wright. Would you come back, Isaac? Absolutely. All right. I like That's what we like to hear. Come back. We talk. We sort things out. Download the Bloomberg Sound on podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher-level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.